glad that you found me on the podcast dial. This is Mark's Musings, and I'm Mark. You can find out more about me and my stories on my website, markryanbooks.com, all one word. On this podcast, I will be reading some of my stories, interviewing other writers, or discussing my daily writing routine. I write general fiction short stories and grab my ideas from the current news headlines. I then use my creative imagination to include a twist and write a fictional story that defines the topic and explores the what-if of the situation. My previous stories have involved ideas on climate change, drug wars, wine and aging, bioterrorism, art theft, earthquakes, and many other interesting topics. My recent book is called Escape North and describes the current immigration fiasco. It's a satire about foreign house cats that have overstayed their visa and try to gain citizenship in the U.S. or escape to Canada where they are more welcome. Led by their fearless leader, Baxter, the eldest cat, they battle public opinion, the courts, and a presidential decree. During the next few weeks, you are invited to listen to this extraordinary tale. You can also read along with me by getting my book on Amazon.com or Kindle.com in ebook or paperback format. The book is titled Escape North by Mark K. Ryan. I would also like to thank WCTV, Wilmington Community Television, for helping me make these podcasts and for hosting them. Your comments are welcome. Send me an email at mail at markryanbooks.com. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Chapter 1. Ice Visit. As usual, Stan got up at 4 o'clock in the morning to get ready for work. It was a short distance, but his drive took him over mountain roads, and he had to be there by 6. He was the local elementary school custodian and normally got things ready before the staff and students arrived. That meant unlocking the doors, switching on the furnace to daytime mode, and if it snowed the night before, shoveling a path to the front door. Besides, he was the one that brought some levity to the building, even on those gloomy winter mornings. Although he was good at his job and kept the school ship-shape, he also kept people happy and on their toes, waiting for his next joke or light-hearted prank. Still groggy, Stan stretched and looked around his recently completed bedroom. Last April, he bought the new house, a small A-frame with an unfinished loft after his unexpected divorce. Selling the old house and buying a smaller one, this new downsized house was located off a Woodland Road in Pineville, a small northwestern New Hampshire town on the Canadian border. After moving in, Stan hired a contractor to do the structural work associated with finishing the upstairs and closing off the loft. But Stan did the bulk of the remaining work himself, which included getting rid of the spiral iron staircase and replacing it with straight wooden stairs. Anyone 
who climbed a spiral erectuset felt like they were maneuvering the crannies of Mount Everest. Lastly, he put in some new windows on the second floor which let in more light and gave him a bird's eye view of the surrounding woods and hillside. Similarly, at work he fixed and repaired everything around the building and did all the landscaping outside when spring came. It would be hard to replace him when he retired next year. Stan was pleased with the end results at his home. Now the house had two bedrooms upstairs and one downstairs. There was plenty of room for his grandkids who lived in Utah to visit for a few weeks this summer. He hadn't seen them since he visited them during the winter holidays. Stan shared the house with Baxter, who was now getting older. Baxter spent most of his days watching television, eating, pooping, and sleeping. Approaching his senior years, he never came upstairs. The, the climb was too steep. He usually wandered from room to room, waddling across the floor and dragging his belly. Stan shook off the remnants of sleep, <sighs> washed, shaved, got dressed, and ate a quick breakfast with Baxter. He then put on his coat and walked towards the front door to leave for work. As he passed the front window, he saw that several police cars with flashing lights surrounded his house. Suddenly, there was a loud bang at the front door, and someone yelled, This is the ice. Open up now, or we'll break down the door. Stan looked at Baxter and said, I know it's cold outside, but why would anyone want ice? Baxter cocked his head sideways in response. Stan opened the door and saw a team of men all wearing riot gear and carrying automatic rifles and pistols. One of the men stepped forward and said, We are agents from ICE, the U.S. Immigration and Custom Enforcement Agency. We are looking for the fugitive Ojo Sosulis. Is he here? Shaking, Stan said, There's no one here by that name. Meow. It's just me and Baxter. Stan looked at Baxter nervously, and Baxter nodded his head in agreement. They usually communicated with each other with silent gestures. Each knew what the other was thinking. Thrusting a piece of paper in Stan's hand, the ICE agent said, We have a warrant to search the place and confiscate any incriminating evidence. The team of uniformed men charged into the house and visited each room upstairs and down with a flurry of activity. After a few minutes, the men returned to the living room and informed the lead agent that they didn't find Ojos or any evidence. Not wanting to leave empty-handed, the lead agent pointed to a box in the corner and said to the other agents, Take that box and bag it for DNA analysis. Confused, Stan looked at the man and then at Baxter and said, Why in God's name would you want to take a cat litter box for evidence? The lead agent ignored Stan's question. 
he handed Stan a few sheets of paper with pictures of Ojo Sazulis and his gang and showed them to Stan and Baxter saying, have you seen these illegal aliens? Stan looked at one of the papers in his hand entitled Wanted Posters. It showed a picture of a Mexican hairless cat with deep blue eyes. The other papers showed photos of oddly named foreign cat breeds, including a Burmese, Persian, Russian Blue, Siberian, Turkish Angora, Egyptian Mao, Japanese Bobtail, Sphinx, and Somali Cat. Evidently, they had entered the U.S. with their illegal immigrant owners and were undocumented. Baxter recognized all the cats. They were his friends and others that lived in the neighborhood, but he played dumb and shook his head. Exasperated, Stan said, we haven't seen any of them. Disgusted, he continued, are you kidding me? You break into my house with a warrant searching for house cats? Are you crazy? The lead agent responded abruptly, watch your language. I could arrest you for slander and for calling me crazy and trying to impede an official investigation. This is an official warrant related to the president's executive order banning all immigrants from seven Muslim countries from entering the U.S. We are deporting all undocumented immigrants, especially Mexicans. In addition, the ICE was given orders to round up all eight million illegals and their families for immediate detention and deportation. He continued, the warrant also specifies that I check all papers necessary to verify questionable citizenship. He pointed to Baxter and said, show me your driver's license and your friend's documents. As you probably heard, the president has called for extreme vetting. That means we check all veterinary papers, licenses, visas, and green cards. Luckily, Stan had just taken Baxter to the vet for his shots and had the papers in the kitchen drawer. Pulling them out, he handed them to the agent with his driver's license and said, this is outrageous. We, the agent looked at the documents, handed them back to Stan and said, you check out, but you better be telling the truth. We have witnesses swearing that illegals have been seen frequently on your back deck in recent weeks. With that, all the agents turned on their heels and goose-stepped through the front door as Stan and Baxter stood on the doorstep and watched them drive away. In the distance, they saw their neighbor at the end of the street. It was Rodney the Redneck waving. Rodney lived in a farmhouse on the hill and was a real weirdo. He supported the new president and drove around town in his pink Cadillac with Make America Great Again bumper stickers plastered all over his car. As soon as the agents left, Stan cleaned up the mess, told Baxter that he had to go to work. He called work, explained what happened and assured them he would be there in a short while. Before leaving, Stan put on another litter box and placed it in the corner. He put on his coat, turned on the TV to keep Baxter company while he was at work, 
locked all the doors and left. Chapter 2, Ojos and the Gang. An hour later, there was a tap on the sliding glass door that led out to the deck. Startled, Baxter jumped, but quickly calmed when he saw his friend Ojos's big blue eyes staring into the house. Baxter gave him the high sign and gestured for Ojos to come in through the side door. Ojos was small enough that he could scrunch down and crawl in through the doggy door, which he did. Although Stan left strict orders that Baxter was not to have any of his friends over, Baxter knew that Ojos would only stay for a while and would be gone before Stan got home. Ojos came from Mexico and was hairless like all his relatives. After greeting each other, Baxter offered Ojos some kibbles to munch on. He then told Ojos about the ice visit and the wanted posters of him and the gang. Ojos got very nervous and excused himself to use the litter box. You could hear him struggling with anxiety. Oh boy! Later, they both watched Good Morning America on TV as the news bulletin flashed on the screen. The news bulletin said, President issues an executive order to ban entrance to the U.S. of all immigrants from seven Muslim nations, including Iraq, Syria, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen. The order also decreed that undocumented immigrants with felony charges were to be detained immediately. In addition, ICE agents were given orders to round up all illegals. With that announcement, Baxter and Ojos looked at each other and knew that that meant many of their friends from the neighborhood would be in danger. Baxter then replied, This TV bulletin is not fake news as frequently described by the president. This breaking news story is on the top news station, CNN, explained by Chris Como and Allison Camerata as the God's honest truth. Ojos added, so help me God, it must be true if reported by CNN. That's where all American cats get their deal daily briefing, diluted with a cup of joe and a dash of catnip. A few minutes later, there was a tap on the sliding glass door, accompanied by a loud, ruckus meowing and cat calls from the fearless feline neighborhood gang. Baxter frowned as he saw some of the same fugitive immigrants from the news report standing on the deck like they were in a police station lineup. There they all stood. The Siamese, Persian, Burmese, Russian Blue, Siberian, Turkish Angora, Sphinx, and Somali. Although they were all considered illegal immigrants, their beauty and special traits only conjured up thoughts of royalty and regal heritage. How could such beautiful feline creatures be grouped with common criminals? The president even called the human immigrants rapists, thieves, and murderers, and their pets 
flea-infested and diseased vermin, Baxter and Nojos, exited through the doggy door and spoke to the crowd. As the eldest, they all looked up to Baxter for sage advice. He tried to console these tearful, meowing fugitives from justice. Baxter said, I will do what I can and get my friend Stan to intervene. Stan can fix anything. After all, he is the head custodian in charge of cleaning up messes and always knows where to get rid of the day's trash. All the cats had something to say about their fate. Beulah the Burmese was babbling through torrential tears. I don't want to be sent back to Burma where the chief terrorist jungle jock will chop off my head for looking at him the wrong way. Eva, the Egyptian Mao, muttered, Back in the streets of Cairo, gangs are lining up all infidels and disbelievers near an open ditch and will shoot them with a machine gun. There are mass graves everywhere. Eventually, all of Baxter's friends went home, winding their ways through the deep woods, following the woodland trails they had blazed over the years. Their home was now in this quiet New Hampshire woods. They raised families here, away from the turmoil of war-torn countries. They were all adopted by loving American families, giving them comfort, shelter, food, and companionship. Isn't that the foundation of America? Baxter watched them all drift away with their heads hung low. He had to do something for his friends. They were close family and he was the godfather for many of their children, born here in America. These young kittens were naturalized citizens, while their parents became fugitive immigrants under the law since they overstayed their visas. Baxter was also an ordained minister and local justice of the peace. Along with Stanley, they both took an online course and studied hard to learn all the legal lingo. Of course, Stanley tutored Baxter in all the liturgical language, and they both passed the multiple choice test with ease. As soon as Baxter had his legal papers, the local cats showed up at his door in droves to take the nuptial plunge. Many of the immigrant cats dated the local domestics for the acceptable duration and then asked their beloved for their perpetual pause in marriage. As time went on, Pineville became an American melting pot for mixed marriages and feline absent of interracial barriers. Stanley also joined many locals and immigrants in the bonds of marriage who settled in Pineville. Eventually, they had children, built homes, worked hard, and became part of the community. Tune in next time for episode two.